Listening to magic from wherever I'm at with your host, the magician, time traveler, and charmer, D'Artagnan. first episode of this three-part series, I talked about the part I thought was the best aspect of the Magic Rainbow book by Juan Tamarez, that having to do with these seven veils. And I think that was the most important part for me. I got out of the book primarily because these are the things that audience members actually intrinsically understand or feel, and they may not know why exactly, but they do feel these things. And that causes their reactions and their their like and dislike to be altered because it's this constant representation of how much the magician is really into this and when you steal other people's presentations or you plagiarize and when you uh, don't put any work in anything when you're not really in love with magic you're just in love with tricks all these things come across and those seven veils to me were a great representation of what is at play there for people who claim to love magic but then don't actually do any of the work they just continue to be like Gollum and they just be covetous of the ring of the ring you know that's how they treat tricks but in this second part which I've entitled the bad this book was a, a, largely a disappointment for me because I was hoping there would be some really interesting insights for me into why uh, Tamarez has what I would call weak presentations. I was really hoping that for some reason, and I would say he has defined why in this book, why his presentations I don't find particularly compelling. And I don't think he's uh, a master of presentation in any way, shape or form. Tamariz's impact on the art almost solely comes from a technical aspect. And that is the way the tricks are constructed and the moments of which now there's some verbal dodgery and stuff which he offers in this book, which I think is perfectly uh, acceptable and fine and good. And I think for me, probably, I've seen a lot of these ploys at work in the work of people like Danny D'Artiz and some of the other Spanish magicians who, of course, Tamariz is heavily impacted. So this book has come out years after I've already been aware of some of these dodges and some of these approaches. So that's why some of that stuff maybe didn't land as as much on me as it would somebody else who's never uh, read that stuff for the first time. And then I, I just think someone like Danny D'Artiz especially has taken what he's learned from Tamariz and melded it, melded it with the, the chaos of Leonard Green and some of the other people who's influenced him 
and taken it to a whole new level. And he's a much better performer than Tamers is, in my opinion. I've never considered Tamer as one of the best performers. I've almost always considered him someone who is really informing and influencing the technical side of magic, but not the actual performance side. There's only a few of his tricks which really ever resonated with me on every, any level. And most of the people in magic who consider Tamer as this fantastic, you know, greatest magician or stuff they laud onto him, I think it's because these people are tricksters themselves. I mean, they're, I mean, there's certainly people he's uh, friendly with who continue to laud him with uh, all sorts of uh, um, plaudits and so forth. But mostly it's the people who are in the magic community who, who I feel are not, they're not into it as deep as people who actually perform for a living and stuff. And so that's where this raising up of his stature has come from. I mean, I perform professionally basically every day if I'm not on vacation or something. And uh, it's difficult for me to even attempt to figure out. There's certainly been ways in which uh, Tamariz has made its way into my work, but it's hard to decipher exactly where that is, whereas I can immediately tell you where Vernon has impacted me, where Tommy Wonder has impacted me. And I also think there's, a, to some degree, because Tamaris is so card-heavy, and a lot of these Spanish magicians are very card-heavy through the influence of Tamaris, is I really think that that doesn't speak to me as much as to what a magician is, because a magician, I think, should pick up whatever and be able to do something with it, because the magician, you know, supposedly he has magical power, so why is it restricted to card tricks? So there's, I have a, a bias against people who only do cards as well. So I think you're not a magician, really, if you're... Now, some of the timers has done other tricks. But primarily now, he's a card magician. And there is always be a, a slight pullback, probably, for me, for people who only perform with cards. I just... It just kind of doesn't mesh with me very well, my idea of what a magician is. Now, as I get into the second part, there's a lot of bad in this book, I would think. A lot of terrible advice and things which, if somebody actually read this book and get a stellar review, I'd have to, I'd have to consider the fact that they're just uh, full of shit, number one. And number two, they maybe don't understand magic as well as they say they do. You don't, you don't need me to tell you this stuff. I hope you've enjoyed this teaser of magic from wherever I'm at. To listen to this entire episode and the entire series of more than 150 other episodes, go over to magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. That's magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. Tired of being a trickster, are you not? 